From Angle to Abercastle for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A Weldar University Health Board has provided a statement on its position with staff absences across the board impacting on care provision. The statement has said our staff are working tirelessly each day in the face of unparalleled pressures and challenge. They continue to go above and beyond to prioritise the care and treatment of urgent and emergency patients. Unfortunately, we can confirm that the current wave of COVID-19 infections is beginning to have a serious negative impact with significantly higher than usual staff absences across hospitals, community services and primary care, including GPs. The health board are also reminding people that if you need to come into hospital at any time, you must carry out a lateral flow test at home and have a negative result from that test prior to coming to the hospital. You must wear a mask, ensure you maintain a two metres distance from each other and wash your hands regularly. Mobile phone users are being urged to check if they face extra fees in the new year as roaming charges return to some networks in January. Two of the UK's biggest networks, EE and Vodafone, are reintroducing roaming charges for customers travelling to Europe from next month, with three also set to reintroduce them in May 2022. From January 1st, customers who joined or upgraded with EE after July 7th, 2021, will face a £2 daily charge for using their data, making calls or sending text messages in EU countries. The same fee will apply to Vodafone customers who joined the network after August 11th, 2021 or upgraded or renewed their contract. Ernest Doku, mobiles expert at U-Switch, has said if you're an existing customer of EE, Vodafone or 3, check your contract to see whether these charges apply to you. If you signed up prior to these specific dates, you should be safe. According to the latest figures, there have been more than a 1,000 cases of coronavirus in the three counties. Figures released by Public Health Wales on January 2nd for the 24-hour period up until December 31st. The most recent data available showed 569 cases in Carmarthenshire, 179 in Ceredigion and 299 in Pembrokeshire. A teachers' union has called for schools in Wales to be given extra protections against coronavirus-related disruption in the new term. The union says teachers in Wales desperately want to provide face-to-face learning for all pupils and avoid further disturbances to exam plans. On Friday, the Welsh Government announced its new COVID guidance for schools for when teaching resumes. But the union fears the Omicron variant of the virus, which has spread across Wales in recent weeks, could further problems for schools this term, with many teachers needing to self isolate if they get infected. Neil Butler, the National Officer for the Union, has said we continue to keep the situation under review as new evidence and information becomes available and are working closely with our key partners including trade unions and local authorities. All staff and secondary age learners are strongly encouraged to test three times a week and schools can order tests direct on a weekly basis. Schools are also able to access the hardship fund via their local authority to cover the costs of a range of COVID-related issues including cover for staff absences. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire. This is Pure West Radio. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire.
Well, a very good evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties and a very happy new year, our first show of 2022 and really good to be with you this evening. We are on the Pure West Radio Facebook page and on your smart speakers right now. Fraser Watson and Gordon Thomas, happy new year to you both. Did you both have nice Christmases? That were you good? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a lovely Christmas, thank you. Good, good, good. Uh, I ended up in uh, uh, Fraser's old haunt where he lives in St. David's with my family. Uh, luckily, my daughter came over from Qatar, who I hadn't seen for two years, and I met my granddaughter for the first time. So we had a lovely Christmas, thank you. Excellent stuff. Yeah, very nice. Fraser, what about you? Yeah, not too bad. Quiet at times, drank too much at others and didn't quite have enough sport to watch. But the darts have saved us in the last week or two, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, very good all in all. Excellent stuff. And of course, on, on the show um, this evening, we're going to be talking to uh, the new manager of Haverford West County, technical director as well, uh, Nicky Hayen from Belgium. Uh, he'll be joining us along with the Haverford West chairman, Rob Edwards. Uh, Fraser, give us your reaction to that. We, we were messaging, weren't we, when, when the, the news broke. It's an exciting appointment for Haverford West County. It's an intriguing appointment. It, it, it represents a lot of ambition. It also represents a gamble. Um, there's no getting away from that. You, you think you're going to a manager who obviously worked abroad, hasn't worked in Wales or Britain before. It, it will be a culture change for him. Um, and he may be well prepared and, and be up for that. But yeah, it, it was left field. Oh, I was expecting something closer to home, I'll be honest. But it, it's and it's unusual for the Welsh Premiership, isn't it, to bring in a figure like that. So it's an exciting appointment. But at quite an interesting, complicated time, isn't it, with the situation how Preston are in? So it's going to be quite fascinating to see what it pans out. It, it's going to be challenging, Gordon, isn't it, for for so many reasons. Obviously, at the moment, games aren't being played. But we've, we've got a, another decision, I think, coming on around the 9th of January. There's there's some hope that uh, Welsh Premier matches will resume on the 14th of January. So for quite a few reasons, um, and of course, as Fraser alludes to, performances on the pitch, uh, Nicky Hayen will have a pretty busy inbox, won't he? Definitely. It's a, it's a huge, huge job uh, coming in where Halford West County are currently at, sitting in second from bottom in the table. Um, he's coming from Belgium. He doesn't know a lot about uh, the Welsh Premier League and uh, obviously he doesn't know a lot about Pembrokeshire and Halford West County and the history mm. of it. Yes, he can look it all up, but it's going to be a different ask when they start, uh, when they resume, because they, they, as I said, they'll have to hit the ground running. Half West yeah. County to stay in the Welsh Premier is going to be a big ask this season, and he's got a big job. We will be talking to him, uh, Nicky Hayen and the Haverford West chairman, Rob Edwards, will be on the show uh, very shortly indeed. And we'd love to hear your reaction as well to the news uh, that Haverford West have appointed him as their new manager. Uh, in the first hour of the show, we focused a bit on the fact that obviously sport is facing its challenges in, in Pembrokeshire and in, in West Wales at the moment. Uh, Fraser, your interview with Kenny Davis, just for people who, who may have missed the first hour of the show and you'll be able to listen to it as a podcast, people just joining us now. G- give us the gist of what, of what Kenny he was saying he, he's someone we've spoken to previously very very passionate about youth rugby in particular in the county obviously we did manage to get some action over the, the festive period in the way of the, the Griffiths Cup um, and the Griffiths played actually semi-finals which I think rules do allow the, the exemption for under 18s and so on and, and they were four you know, epic affairs I think and I think the introduction of the plate competition as Kenny explained has maybe added a new dynamic to, to that competition this year. It's not just a case of the leading club. So as you get in, in a lot of co- competitions, the Pembrokeshire Cup as well at, at senior level, uh, firing off and, and, and the little ones left behind, they've all got something to play for. 
And I think you saw the reaction of clubs like Langham now and I think Nayland were in a Griffiths Club plate final. But but for players of that age from that club, it, it's a chance to win silverware they never had before. So there's a lot of intrigue and excitement about that. You can just see, I've never seen a Griffiths Cup campaign actually, which has been so well covered on social media and provoked such a reaction. And then the competition came, the conversation went on and Kenny made some very interesting points about whether this is a model that you really should consider in the likes of Division 3 West Day or even the Pembrokeshire Cup itself. Mm. Because you've got a situation now where, and we've seen it over Christmas and we've seen it prior to this season, there's no point in lying, we've seen it before COVID as well, where we've got smaller clubs less and less inclined to travel, right, for the sake of places, going to places like Aberaeron, going to places like Lampeter, I've done it myself from St David's when you're only hiding to nothing, and you're losing boys off the back end of it. And if you can maybe bring into a model there where you look at splitting the seasons halfway through, you've got half a season where every club has something to compete for. Now, you know, look, it's, it's, it would take a lot of jumping through hoops and perhaps arguing and restructuring and things to get this going. But we're running out of things to try now. You know, there's only so often, only so many years really we can stand here and say it's time for the youngsters to buck up and, and, and commit. They're not. <laughs> That's the point of it. No point saying let's bring the fun and the social side coming back into rugby. That isn't working either. You know, so the suggestions Kenny was making, something could seriously be considered long term, certainly in the lower leagues of Welsh rugby, and at the very least, perhaps in the Pembrokeshire Cup, introducing mm. some kind of plate competition in that as well, reinvigorate a bit of interest for clubs who quite simply know they're not going to win or compete in it. Mm. It's not dissimilar to what happens in football in the Welsh Premier League, where we, we get the split for the second Same format. Half. Different yeah, reasons. yeah, ex- exactly right. Um, Gordon, is this a, is this an idea you think that uh, should be explored, and and is it something that would re- reinvigorate interest for some of those clubs that that maybe don't have as much to play for when when the end of the season approaches? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's um, we, we always speak about youngsters leaving the game at about 16, 17, and uh, this would possibly uh, keep them uh, in the game, which is the most important. The holy grail mm. is to produce players who will play at senior level. Um, but as Fraser pointed out, they have to have something to play for. Uh, when you're playing in a league structure, you're playing top, bottom, getting a hide in every other week or whatever. Yeah. At least with a cup competition, it it does give you a chance of a one-off playing well in a one-off game and you know progressing the cream always rises to the top in no matter what competition it is so we all know that but the the most important part is developing uh, the the young players of today to play uh, you know in the in the senior leagues uh, later on it's it's a tough ask because there's so much going on with other things as well and covid has uh, really been a, you know a struggle to get uh, kids motivated to play well, listen, I think Kenny will be someone we, we speak to again on the show, and this might be something we, we explore a bit further. I, I just wanted to pick up on a point Gordon made there, uh, Fraser, about, about COVID and, and the part this is playing at the moment. We saw the Scarlets beat the Ospreys behind closed doors. Um, it looks like, uh, and you can just confirm I'm right here, but that fixtures will be played from the 8th of January with that limit of 50 people. But some concern about how games could actually be called off as well during during this time. Yeah, I think essentially um, these games, they are going to press ahead. There's going to be no break in the season. That's the WRU stance at the moment. But clubs can call off a game without sanction, you know, whether that's mm. due to COVID, whether that's due to fans, or whether it's simply due to striking mm. team. It does leave the rule open to abuse on the other end of the scale. 
of the other side of the coin now. You've got a situation where COVID cases are escalating quite rapidly. The Omnicron variant is expected to peak in January. There are going to be genuine situations where, you know, clubs are unable to feel the scene or coaches or because of isolation and what have you. And I have to be honest, Ben, whenever I, something comes up with this, I try and put myself back in it as a, as a player, as if I was a player in a dressing room. Right now, if I was still going, if it was five, ten years ago, would I be happy to go out and play on Saturday? Yes, I would. I'd play on. But I say that from a... From a position of, of privilege in some respects in that I'm double jabbed, I've had a booster, I'm fortunate, I've got no underlying health conditions, mm. I'm not living with any more with underlying health conditions, I'm in a job where I can work from home, all right? So I understand it's very easy for the likes mm. of me to come out and say, get out there and get on with it, as much as I, I would continue playing in my situation. We do have to realise now that mm. the, there are other factors outside of sport which are maybe affecting or maybe people making them more reluctant to make themselves available, just to simply in danger of testing positive not necessarily for their own health reasons, but for members of their family or for working reasons as well. So yeah, it, it's exactly. a conundrum and I'll be interested to see how many games we get on, I'll be honest. I, I think that's a really good point, actually. And, and Gordon, you, you can just let us know how, how you would feel if, if you were playing now. Um, but, but Fraser's point there about yeah. for, for players that are obviously working, um, you know, they could lose income if they have to quarantine on the back yeah. of picking up COVID playing rugby on a Saturday. So that, there has got to be some sympathy for that view. Yeah, it's a difficult situation. It's a, it's a, a no-win situation, isn't it? Um, as a player, I would have been with Fraser with that. That's, I would definitely have wanted to have played, no matter what, because uh, when you're young, you don't see the, the bigger picture. All you want to do is get out there and play. But the health aspect of it yeah. is very important at this moment in time. Uh, you know, we don't want to be passing it around to uh, vulnerable people as well, you know, which could be friends and family. Um, so it is a difficult scenario uh, for sport. But I, I think uh, the most important thing that uh, we all get vaccinated, double jabbed, yeah. even a booster, and we have to live with this for the time being. And it is going to affect all kinds of sport. So th- there's no easy answer to any of it, to be honest with you. Mm. We, we'll keep a close eye on that then, exactly what happens. How, how real is the concern Fraser, and it's a difficult one to speculate on, but obviously if clubs get the ability to call off matches at short notice, is there a concern that, you know, you've got a few players injured, a game goes? Of course there is, Ben. We see it every year on Black Friday, don't we? Of course there is. And if there's no sanction or, or penalty for it. Mm. See, we, we saw it before Christmas, didn't we? Pembroke got turned around. Mm. They said in advance they didn't want to go for, I think, I have to double check, I think it was Aberea on Lambert, the successive away games, said we can't commit to fulfilling them. You know, and that was it. They, they, they didn't play them without sanction, and there'll be other teams who do that as yeah. well. Because um, obviously, there is, you know, there is the opportunity to do that now. You, you'd like to think sides wouldn't, but in reality, it will go on. Um, and I will say, with everything in mind going on at the moment, we've criticised the W a lot. I hammer them a lot as well. They do should praise you because they came out at the start of the season. They set out a structure and they said there's going to be a league campaign yeah. where everyone plays each other once and there's no promotion or relegation. That didn't go down particularly well to start with, but now I think it's a very good decision because you're talking a situation now where you could have people promoted and people relegated where you really did question the integrity of the league yeah. and we don't even know at this stage depending on how things develop yeah. in the next month or two whether we'll get even everyone playing each other once in and complete a season so I'm kind of glad that they have taken that and 
we say for what seems like the upteenth time, we hope we can get to September and start afresh and have a full season ahead. I was of just us. thinking, it feels like January 2021 all over again, doesn't <laughs> yes. it? I feel like we've been here before. Uh, listen, yeah. we, we will take a moment, but plenty more to come. We're going to uh, finish the show by looking at the West Wales Cup draw. Also, uh, why we're really encouraging people to take 10,000 steps every day this January. But coming next on your smart speakers and on the Facebook page, we'll be meeting Haverford West County's new manager and technical director Nikki Hayen and the chairman Rob Edwards. They're on the show with us next right here on Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Enjoy learning something new. Want to learn Welsh? Shemai, Shuduti. Doing hoffi dusty kamarai. Learning online is easier than you think. You can learn Welsh in your garden. You can learn Welsh from your kitchen. You can learn Welsh from your lounge. You can learn Welsh from your spare room. You can learn Welsh sat next to your dog. Friendly tutors are there to help you learn and to make sure you have fun doing it. And the best part is you can now do it from home. There's plenty of help available. The tutors are great. I'm enjoying learning Welsh. It's the most satisfying thing I've ever done. With 50% discount for beginners, what are you waiting for? Just sign up. Visit learnwelsh.com for full details. Lots going on here at Johnson Garden Centre. Now we are open from 9.30 till 4, Monday to Saturday, and 10 till 4 on Sundays. We have supplies of plants arriving on Tuesday nights every week, alongside huge stocks of composts. We also have 35 crafters showing their products, everything from jams and chutneys to jewellery and greetings. We are a major supplier of flow gas, coal and logs, so we cover all your needs for barbecues, fire pits and caravans. We are also the largest supplier of paella pans in Wales, along with a huge range of wicker baskets. Johnson Garden Centre has hardware and you'll be amazed at the selection on offer from nuts and bolts to building plastics. Being open seven days a week, we are always there for our valued customers in Johnson, right by the station. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply... quick reply, affects your concentration, and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth, but listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them. Here's a good one. What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever. It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. We are Pure West Radio. Can't last forever Why? 
Sports with Pembrokeshire Properties for Monday evening. It's a bank holiday Monday edition of the show and we are really pleased to be joined by uh, two special guests right now on the show. Uh, the Haverford West County Chairman Rob Edwards is with us alongside recently appointed as Manager and Technical Director of Haverford West County, Nikki Hayen. Uh, Rob, Nikki, great to have you with us. Thank you for your time and uh, let's start with the Chairman. Um, Rob, first of all, uh, you've told us on this show previously that you went through quite a process to appoint your new manager. Um, how did we end up with Nikki in place? Um, yeah, no, it was obviously first experience for me to to go through this process. It was eye-opening, kind of went in with no expectation as to whether we would get one application or 100 applications. So kind of went in into the unknown. But um, yeah, we... we we had quite a bit of interest um, from from Wales, from UK and from further afield. But for me, it was about just finding the right person. I think it's quite an important decision. Probably the biggest decision I've made since I've joined. 
particularly in the situation we're in. And look, ideally you would you would have somebody that, that is knows the league local localish can step straight in and take the job over. But um, as I said, it was about finding the, the right person, and Nikki was a standout throughout throughout the process. Um, and for that, it's it's obviously worth us going through the, the process of of work permits and such and, and, and getting me here and, and officially taking over the club. But it's it's worth that um it's worth that blue tape based on how impressive he how impressive he was during that that process. And from my point of view, I think you look at his background, his qualification, not just as a as a coach but as a player. Um I think we've we've got and I think I'm, I feel comfortable saying this: a world-class coach, and hopefully, be able to hit the ground running as soon as uh, as soon as he's officially in post, and we can see see what he can bring to the team. Okay, I know Gordon Fraser with plenty to ask as well. Let me just um, ask one to your your new manager, Nikki. Happy New Year, and thank you for being with us on Pure West Sport this evening. Um, what about for you? What what attracted you to to take this role with Haverford West County? For me, it was an easy decision after uh, talking to the chairman for the first time. Um, he had a really nice ambition to uh, to improve the club and uh, try to make it more professional than it already is. And um, yeah, from the from the first minute, we had a we had a good match and uh, we were on the same page. And uh, we had four or five uh, conversations together. And uh, day by day, uh, yeah, it it went more close. And um, yeah, we had the same ideas, the same. Uh, we we have own, uh, the same mentality also, so it's really nice to uh, to have someone who has a lot of confidence in uh, in my person, and uh, it's what we said uh, during the conversations. You uh, you saw that uh, there was a match because I'm someone who uh, who works really hard, and my family stays in Belgium, so um, I don't have anyone else here in uh, in Wales, so uh, I can uh, I can work all day for uh, for the club and. Um, yeah, I think it's necessary if we if we want to uh, achieve something. Fraser, yeah, Nicky, I'm wondering. Obviously, you spoke to Rob at length. No doubt, you looked into the road and the league. But were you aware of the Welsh Premier? Was it in a league you were aware of back home in Belgium, or and has it always been an ambition of yours to work abroad as well? Um, I already worked abroad. So uh, right. in 2014, I uh, I worked in Saudi Arabia as an okay. assistant manager. So um, and then I already had the idea that uh, that my future is maybe more in the in foreign countries than in the home country because uh, at this moment you see also uh, in Belgium they take or they appoint more uh, foreign coaches at the moment so it's very difficult uh, for local coaches to uh, to get an, a, another chance over there but uh, yeah for me it was um, it wasn't a, a difficult choice at. At uh, at this moment, um, first of all, because of uh, of the conversations uh, with the with the chairman, and second of all, um, I saw several games of the of the Welsh Premier League, and um, you see that there's a, a lot of potential. And um, I saw also our team playing, and um, I think um, they have uh, a lot of skills. They have uh, they have potential. Um, there are several things we can uh, we can change. Uh, I'm not going to make the opponent uh, smarter than they already are, but um, I think uh, we can uh, we can improve much, and uh, I hope I can uh, delight the chairman with uh, within 15 games or 12 games because the first three uh, probably I, I cannot coach. Gordon, 
Yes, Nicky, uh, Halford West County are in a, a precarious position, second from bottom at this moment in time. And uh, as the chairman would have pointed out, he wants the, the team to be uh, hit the ground running, so to speak. So what is your philosophy to uh, hopefully uh, improve uh, the standard at Halford West County? Win games. This is the first uh, the first uh, thing that we have to do. But uh, OK, it's precarious, but uh, it's only one point at the moment. So yeah. uh, I know teams who are uh, 10 points down also in Belgium these thing these teams are uh, in much more problems than uh, than we are at the at the moment and like I said I saw uh, a team um at the beginning of the season they they played with uh, with confidence they played uh, good uh, good football but uh, sometimes you need to win games and if you have sometimes bad luck and uh, you lose these mm -hmm. kind of games then you're in the situation where you are at the moment and this is what we try to uh, to change I've heard that there is a good team spirit at the, at the moment. I talked already with uh, with several um, people in the club and uh, and some uh, some players, and uh, you feel that there's a lot of confidence, a lot of uh, uh, excitement, and uh, from both sides, from my side also, um, by feeling the support, and that's uh, really uh, really necessary to uh, to have a good marriage together. Have you done uh, much homework in the Welsh Premier? Obviously, you you come from a professional background, Nicky. Uh, there's a few professional clubs uh, within the Welsh Premier, so you're you're working against guys who are working every day. A lot of the Half West County players will have jobs, so you're well aware, and have to travel. So, is that going to be a problem to overcome? No, it's not a problem. Um, it's all about the mindset. Um, the the opponent they also have uh, two feet two legs and uh, nothing more and uh, this is what we have to uh, to convince the players about um, okay they 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 have more training sessions but um, we have to improve the things that uh, that I saw we can do because if you can do it at the beginning of the season you cannot uh, uh, tell me that uh, at the end of the season you cannot uh, do anymore so it has all to do about the mindset and the confidence. And um, this is one of my keywords, uh, also about mentality. Um, you can win games, you can lose games, you can play good games. But mm. even if you play a bad game, you have to do everything what you have to uh, to try to win the game. And um, you never know a red card or something or a goal in the first minute that you concede. Yeah. No, mentally you have to stay strong and do whatever you can to uh, to change the game again. And this is what we're going to uh, to adapt to the to the team. I'm sure we've got people watching, Nikki, who, who are ex excited to see this news and it's an exciting appointment for the club. What can supporters expect from a Nikki Hayen side? What, how, how do you like your teams to play? Um, I hope they, they got a clear view. So uh, first of all, what, uh, what I don't want to do is change the, the club culture. So this is uh, really important for me um, that we keep the club culture and that we adapt uh, uh, some uh, individual ideas from uh, from me. So um, I like to play uh, um, solid and good football, combination football. Um, I like to press, but um, all depends on the, the, the skills and the quality of the players. So uh, this is what I'm going to do first. I have now enough time to uh, to observe, but I already saw uh, saw enough games to to see where we can, uh, can improve. And um, yeah, handling speed has to uh, has to improve. Um, the organization has to be be better. So with a little, with small things, you can improve the team already uh, much more. And uh, that's what me, makes me excited because um, it's not a lot of details you have to uh, to work on, but you have to make uh, the idea very clear for players. You don't have to overload them with a lot of information because then 
they they crash in uh, in their mind. No, just the three, four topics that we really want to see. This is what we're going to implement, but this is what they have to do 100%. And if you do that 75, yeah, then you lose a game. But if you do it with 100%, maybe, no, 100, because if I say 99, I'm always 100%. So uh, I'm not going to give uh, something to the players. No, 100% and you can achieve results. Fraser. Nick, you obviously have press. I'm unaware if you actually visited the state of the facilities of yet, but I'm sure that Rob would have sold them to you regardless. And obviously it is a club with a very impressive setup within Welsh Premier Circles, even when it was in the second tier. He still had one of the best setups in Wales. I think that was undisputed. You've got the playing surface there. You've got the stadium. You've got now the thriving academy system, which is working well. Were those outside factors which helped you in your decision or, or was that irrelevant? Was it just a case of taking the challenge of the Premiership Club? No, it was not uh, by taking a chance. It was uh, the, the the project. Um, so um, the the project was uh, written like a, like a team who wanted uh, who, who has the ambition to uh, to try to uh, to reach uh, um, the first uh, six positions and uh, and make a shot to uh, to European football uh, within three years. Mm-hmm. And um, this is uh, this is for me a clear, an honest, and a nice ambition. Because uh, there's no pressure for uh, taking it already next year. Um, no, you have the time to uh, to develop and to improve, and that's that's really uh, important that you all also feel the the confidence. And uh, this is what I got uh, during all the process: uh, a lot of confidence. And um, yeah, I want uh, to make the chairman and everyone in uh, in Half Fort West and uh, and uh, around uh, proud with uh, with results. A question for Rob, actually. Um, you, you've obviously brought Nicky in as first team manager and also technical director, Rob. Was that an important part for you as well, that you had someone who could take a bit of a holistic look at, at Haverford West and where you're looking to take the club? Exactly. Um, I think we, obviously, first and foremost, the, the footballing side needs to improve. We need to we need to move ourselves up the table so we've got the comfort going into next season that we can, we can start early and put things in place. Look, as as Fraser mentioned, the academy is thriving at the moment. Um, Gary's done a brilliant job there since since taking over, and can work closely with with Nicky on that on that area as part of the technical director role. I think we, we would probably call it a director of football over here. The technical director, I think, is more the the continental term. But happy to bring a bit of culture to uh, to Pembrokeshire, <laughs> so we, we stuck with technical director. But um, yeah, it's basically as part of the club's philosophy, we, we want to. Want to put that in place? We want to show, okay, this is how Hamilton West will play the game, whether it's from the next season in the in the first team or whether it's an under eight coming into the academy for the first time. So to be able to do that, you need to kind of have an impact on on all areas of the club. We want to be a club in two, three years' time that we have six or seven local, locally developed, trained players coming through our academy into our first team because where we are geographically, it's. We, we, it's difficult to attract players from across the border or further afield. So we, we, we need to have homegrown players. And if we can get those players coming, mm-hmm. knowing how we want to play the game at first team level, then it makes it so much easier. So, yeah, no, there's, it's, a, it's the next step in terms of taking the club to a, a professional standard, full-time professional standard. It could take three years, could take a bit longer, but the more we can put in place of a professional standard is only going to hold us in good stead. And obviously with Nicky's background as a professional player for 15 years and, and senior coach, there's, there's a lot of experience that can be, that can be brought into place. And if we can be a, 
a semi-professional side operating in a professional way, we're going to have, certainly have a heads up over nine or ten other clubs in this league. So that, that's that's where we want to get to. Gordon. Uh, Rob, you're talking about the academy and how it's thriving. I just Fraser and I can remember half West County playing regularly in the first division of the Pembrokeshire Football League, which is a senior league. It's a big step for academy players to play up into the Welsh Premier, whereas it's a, an easier step for them to move into the Pembrokeshire League and then possibly move on to the Welsh League. Would the club uh, in the future, if things go well, actually uh, have, a, have a club back into the Pembrokeshire Football League? Uh, to, to be honest, it's not something that I've really thought much about. Um, I wouldn't rule anything out. I think that, that the, the main point at the moment is we want we want good numbers and good quality within our development squad. I think if you look at the current development squad, there's a few that have, that have made an impact in, in the first team. Whether we have the the kind of numbers and have had enough football really over the last 18 months because of COVID situation, whether that's really the right thing to do right now. But as I said, we've got a good crop of younger players at the moment, especially in sort of the, the um, youth phase. I think 14s, 15s, 16s have been really competitive and credit to the credit to their coaches um, and, and those within the academy. But no, look, it's... It's something like, yeah, I, I won't lie, I've not considered it at all. This is probably the first time it's been been raised in a question, but I think we just want the best kids coming into the academy. We want them to be encouraged to, to come in and want to feel part of what Hanford West is trying to do and, and buy into that. And we want to we want to keep them, as you know, Pembrokeshire League for such a massive draw even now. Yeah. The more we can make Hanford West a professional place to be, put on the map more within Pembrokeshire, get more people coming to watch games. I think the more pride that there would be for kids to be in a house West Academy rather than playing grassroots football. And it's probably a generation shift as well. I think where Hanford West are now, they've probably not been for a while. So I think the more professionalism, the more we can push Hanford West up the table and, and put things in place on and off the pitch. Hopefully that will, will mean that, that the best players in Pembrokeshire will Will want to want to play for our academy with a view of moving into the first team, but yeah, no, it's something I've not considered. But look, if the time's right and over the next few years, and we have a good, strong development squad, there's no reason why we can't implement something like that. Um, I've got one more for Nikki. Actually, what what as you as you settle in um, at Haverford West and, and you observe over the next few days and weeks, what what, what do you say the immediate challenges are for you, Nikki? Um, I think immediately um, taking points with the uh, with the first team that's uh, that's obvious. But um, on yeah, it, it, this was on the short term, um, giving the players a lot of confidence, um, telling them that they can make mistakes as long as we see that they uh, learn from their mistakes and not repeating uh, them uh, time and time again. And uh, I think also what uh, the chairman was saying. Um, the academy is also uh, very important, uh, the development squad, um, but this is on, on a short and mid-long term. Um, it's also, I'm a foreign coach, so I try also to be one of them. Uh, so uh, I'm, I also want uh, to, uh, to be active in the, the community, that uh, people feel that I do the, um, yeah, how do I say, um, that I give the intensity that I want mm -hmm. to be one of them. That I'm not someone who comes from uh, from uh, a foreign country and uh, just be a manager over here. No, I really want to uh, to be um, successful for this club and uh, yeah, with with attracting uh, uh, football. And uh, what we said, we want to invite uh, the people to come over to uh, watch uh, watch and see the games. 
you actually played, I think, 240-odd games, didn't you, for your hometown club. Do you think that will help you um, settle into the community in Haverford West a little bit because you, you know what it's like, you know what, what the club means to local people? Is that an experience you can draw on? Yeah, correct. Um, I think uh, two, two keywords for me is, uh, is that uh, you have respect for the, the people. This is one of them. And that you have also uh, that you appreciate and, uh, and the value. Um, so um, you have to appreciate. Uh, and we have also a lot of uh, a lot of uh, volunteers. Uh, so uh, you have to you show them uh, the respect and, uh, and appreciate their value. And uh, I, I had it in the past. And if you show this, you get it back. And this is what uh, what you need to to grow as a as an individual, as a team, and as a club. And um, yeah, that's what I said. It's uh, it's more than just uh, managing a, a team. It's a it's a project. Uh, it's a project for a, for a club for a longer term. And um, I'm really excited uh, to be part of it. It is really good to hear your philosophy and, and to hear from Rob as well. Uh, Fraser Gordon, any any more for for the chairman or for the new manager from the two of you? Oh, no, just actually a lot of left field one for me. Nicky, I can, I can see there maybe some more directly. Rob, your English is excellent, so there's no issue, of course, any kind of communication. Rob, I will ask you, maybe is that a factor? Because when you bring in an overseas coach, sometimes mm-hmm. there is concerns over a language barrier. That, that doesn't seem to be here, that's for sure. I think not to be honest, I have more trouble understanding some of our players from the Valleys than I do. Uh, picking, you know. I knew that was coming. Yeah, it's, actually, uh, it's actually a lot easier from my point of view, but no, communication's not 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 an issue for it's not been an issue throughout the throughout the process obviously it is a concern when when you look at bringing players coach anyone from from overseas but no i think uh yeah english is pretty much a consistent language throughout throughout belgium netherlands um and yeah, as i said it's uh it's never been an issue throughout and yeah i i, I foresee no no issues going forward when when speaking to players or coaches culture is or, or the mm. Um, values, personality, sort of personal attributes align a lot with with me and those at the club. So um, yeah, I see no issue. Just on that note, actually, uh, the final one um, for me, Rob. This is only I think that this is the fourth overseas coach uh, in the Welsh Premier League. So some some interest for the league as well here, I think, and, and important for the development of the Welsh Premier League. That actually you're you're taking you're taking a calculated gamble with this appointment, but it's good for the profile of the Welsh Premier League and for Haverford West County. Definitely, and I think we've gained about 100, 100 Belgian followers uh, on social media over the last few days. So we've already got a few things to, to 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 jaunt over. So that they'll be more than welcome, and there'll be a, a, beer, a beer and a pie waiting for them. But no, it is. A, I was actually surprised that there was. There's only been four, and Limbrick is obviously mm. he's, he's Australian, but he's he's been in around the English system for a long time. So kind of an adopted Englishman. So yeah, no, I am surprised. And not to, to be honest, for for the Welsh league to grow obviously it needs investment in grassroots it needs good welsh players coming through maintaining the best welsh players in this league but you need you need to have an influence from from further afield i don't think we can be system can grow in one dimension i think look at the look at the premier league yeah. i mean that's probably a to a point where it's probably detrimental a little bit to English football but you look at the influence of, of foreign coaches foreign players in England and, and other countries and you see the positive impact it's made and yeah. just in terms of coach development player development um, the, the different ideas different styles of play systems processes that happen in other countries particularly with a league as such a high status as Belgium um, it can only be a, a massive positive for, for not just every club but yeah for the league in general and look it's Hopefully, it will, it will trigger more kind of bolder 
left field appointments that I can only see it benefiting the league. It's really exciting. Listen, we're, we're very, very grateful to the two of you for joining us. I know it's been a, a particularly busy few days, Nikki, for you. I imagine travelling over and, and settling into Pembrokeshire, but from us all at Pure West Radio, you are very welcome and we wish you uh, the very best of luck as you settle in. It, it's exciting for the club and exciting for the Welsh Premier League. So thank you for being with us on Pure West Sport and, and good luck for the next few weeks. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Excellent stuff. Uh, we will take a moment and we will continue this Monday evening Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Let's hear it for Vision Arts Wales! Pembrokeshire's newest centre for performing arts, bringing the West End to West Wales. Offering opportunities to perform in plays, musicals, concerts and even in TV and films. Maybe you want to develop your skills in our masterclasses and workshops in everything from dance, singing and acting to costume making and stage management. Vision Arts has something creative for everybody aged 5 to 105. So find that spotlight and join us today by visiting visionartswales.com. Seven Spice, where the staff are oh so nice. You'll love our Jalfrezi and special rice. What's even better is our price. This will have you coming back not once, but twice. <laughs> Enough of all that rhyming. Malaki! The Seven Spice of Market Street, Halford West, offers the finest Asian cuisine, open six days a week. They offer a fine selection of Indian dishes to eat in or take away. Book your table now or place your order by visiting sevenspice.uk or call Aki on 01437 762 789. The Seven Spice, where the staff are oh so nice. Enjoy learning something new. Want to learn Welsh? Shimai, should it tea? Do we in Hoffi Dusty Kamarai? Learning online is easier than you think. You can learn Welsh in your garden. You can learn Welsh from your kitchen. You can learn Welsh from your lounge. You can learn Welsh from your spare room. You can learn Welsh sat next to your dog. Friendly tutors are there to help you learn and to make sure you have fun doing it. And the best part is you can now do it from home. There's plenty of help available. The tutors are great. I'm enjoying learning Welsh. It's the most satisfying thing I've ever done. Just go come With 50% discount for beginners, what are you waiting for? Just sign up. Visit learnwelsh.com for full details. This is Pure West Radio. Across Pembrokeshire, 24 hours a day. I took an arrow to the heart. I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours. Strawberries and something more. Oh yeah, I want it all. Lipstick.
Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties for Monday evening. If you're listening on your smart speaker or watching on the Facebook page, you are very welcome. A really good chat with the new manager and technical director of Hubford West County, Nicky Hayen, and chairman Rob Edwards. Uh, Gordon, he was very impressive in what he had to say, wasn't he? Yeah, his English was very good as well, as he pointed out, as Robert pointed out. He could understand understand him, but he couldn't understand the local Pembrokeshire people. <laughs> no, uh, to be fair, he sounds very articulate. He sounds as though, we're, you know, he's going to do a good job at Alpha West County. Uh, he has got a big, big job. We all know that sitting here. There's no... Uh, pulling wool over anybody's eyes, Half West County are sort of relegation candidates, and I will say that. Uh, he's, you know, what he's got to do to bring Half West uh, back into the Welsh Premier is going to be a tough, tough ask. And uh, the two games against uh, Aberystwyth, that may go ahead in a week or so time. Uh, the doubleheader there is important to get at least four mm. points from those two games. Uh, and, and then obviously build on that as the season continues. Um, he, he, he looks as though he's going to, you know, um, get his philosophy across to the players in training and their mindset needs to be fixed on the job. But he has got a big job. Fraser, that's an interesting point, actually. He's going to be he's going to push his ideas and his philosophy. If you were a Haverford West County player and you, and you watched that interview, I think you, you'd be quite excited about the opportunity to work with someone who will bring fresh ideas to the Bridge Meadow. I think so. He spoke very aggressively and very clearly as well. And, you know, he's to set his stall out to what he demands as well. And, and that, that, you know, and, and make a good point there, that can happen. You have a new figure into the club and it can reinvigorate, certainly in the short term. And then, of course, longer term, I think a lot more factors come into it. But short term invigoration is, is what Havis County need right now. Don't they, Gordon's just pointed oh, it out? Got two, two critical definitely. games coming up. It is, you know, for all the talk of that they had about the long term visions and ambition and the eventual plan to be in Europe at the moment, at the moment. There's just one goal and that's short term and that's surviving, isn't it? And then and going again next year. So it does seem like that's type of character which can bring that. But of course, we'll, we'll wait and see what comes now. OK, uh, excellent stuff. And that, that video stays on the Facebook page. You'll be able to listen back to the podcast as well. Uh, Tom Dyer joining us. Happy New Year to you as well, Tom. Uh, thank you for being with us. You stay there because we want to talk to you about your New Year's Day swimming antics in a few moments time. Uh, just before we do, uh, let me get Gordon Fraser to react to the West Wales Cup fourth round draw. And we've said a few times on the show, uh, are we going to get a Pembrokeshire winner? Well, uh, the chances have reduced slightly because two of them have been drawn against each other in the fourth round uh carer against haken uh, and also st Clair's at home to to lucker rovers uh fraser what, what was your reaction to that that draw well st Clair's are on a wonderful run to be fair to them it's from division two side and i'd love to see him win that and go into the last day realistically and I, I hope i'm wrong i hold my hands up on this show live if i am i don't consider st Clair serious contenders for it but they have a home draw and i'd like to see him go far but obviously Pembrokeshire point of view, main eyes will be on Keru Haken, and and it's a it's a trophy Haken have coveted for a long time. You know this they they haven't really won in, in a modern era, so to speak, not since it's moved to the Liberty Stadium. And to go to Keru will be difficult for them. We saw that on the first day of the season. I think they had to come back very late on, and that was at the Obs as well. Keru got pedigree in this competition. Remember, they lost a couple of players since they reached that final with Maidens Bridge as well. So that's a fascinating contest, and at least it, it guarantees us a club in the quarterfinals as well. I would have liked a couple more, but. Gordon, you're going to give us a prediction for, for that all Pembrokeshire game. Oh, very difficult one. As um, Fraser pointed out, uh, at home, Haken were 2 0 down against Kiru and uh, they managed to cut, claw their way back and win. 
and it was similar fashion down in um, uh, down in Kiru. They mm. they won five four after being four three down and got two late goals to to win it. So Haken have got the edge at this moment in time. But as Fraser pointed out, the 2019 finalists when they lost against Merlin's Bridge. They would like to get back to the Liberty Stadium and they will yeah. feel they've got some unfinished business. And manager Rob Schofield, he, he is a, a shrewd character, a very uh, direct character as well. So um, it, it could go either way. If I if I was a better man, I will just edge the Vikings to win it again. <laughs> they just have that little bit more quality. Fraser, for not you? to say the Rooks won't win it. Prediction from you, Fraser? That's the way the first two games have gone. I'd, I'd go Haken either 3 2 or 4 3, maybe. Always do score as well. <laughs> goals, goals at both ends. Okay. Yeah. Um, listen, still a bit of uncertainty around local football, isn't there, in the Pembrokeshire Football League? Fixtures have been released. It feels a bit provisional at the moment. We're, we're anticipating an announcement from the FAW to, to cover grassroots football across all of Wales. H- how concerned are the two of you? that we might not get football played in Pembrokeshire as we almost revert back to some of the circumstances we saw in January last year? Um, it is a concern. I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, obviously, as we just pointed out, if there's a spread of COVID cases within teams, nothing you can do about it. Games have to be called off, don't they? But, you know, I'd like to think with maybe this rule of 50, I think that is policeable for clubs. I think certainly for your, mm. in Pembrokeshire for league games, it's, it's rare that you get crowds bigger than that on a Saturday anyway. I just hope that protocols now don't come back into changing in cars and so on and teams yeah. definitely turn up because yeah. it just makes it more difficult. And, you know, it's, I've said this before, I, I'm not in a position in government. I don't have the difficulties that they face. I understand. More's the pity, I think. More's the pity. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> one day, one day. I, I understand the difficulties they have and why rules and restrictions have to come in. It's when when you're in sporting circles, when those restrictions aren't consistent with other things in society. Mm. And, and that's where frustration comes in. And the fact now that, you know, you can't have 51 people in a wide open space, socially distant, but can have 30 in a house, that sort of thing. That That's where, where people become peeved and people become angry. And I just hope that there's not restrictions brought in, even if there does have to be some that, that, make yeah. it too difficult for local football to go ahead. Okay, just on the subject of restrictions, let's let's bring Tom in now because uh, the, the New Year's Day swims weren't able to officially take place this year, the, the one in Saundersfoot is what I've done um, in the past. Uh, Tom, you on social media, we saw you, you took a dip on New Year's Day, did you not? I did, and I kind of wish that it was an organised event because they tend to be super early in the morning. <laughs> We decided to go in after we've woken up and we've come to and we walk onto the beach in the cold light of day and think, oh, are we actually going to do this now? And, oh, it was biting. But <laughs> your nieces and nephews run in a, a combined age just about reaching your own. Uh, you think, well, I've got to go in now. <laughs> so <laughs> jumping in on my multicolored shorts, I couldn't feel my feet. It was the most surreal experience to jump in there and be like, well, someone's got to get pictures of them. And then all of a sudden just feeling warm. And I don't know what it was, but I, yeah, and took a dunk under the waves. It would have been <laughs> yesterday because there was actually sunshine. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I've 
born and raised here. I've never gone in the sea on New Year's Day, which feels like sacrilege anyway. So yeah. now is, is, is this the start of cold water swimming for you, Tom? <laughs> I know Fraser did do a, a feature when we were at the Telegraph of uh, swimming in ice cold water. <laughs> and uh, Never again. It, it put him off for life. <laughs> it was on my to-do list to do more often last year, and I only got around to doing it once so okay. i'm already matched that for for this year um i've i've read up on wim hof and listened to him on podcasts and stuff the ice man and it, it is supposed to be good for you so who knows i, I might have to chisel out some time and uh to take a dunk more often maybe good stuff <laughs> something you are doing tom and and it'd be good um just to, to give this dimension we're, we're encouraging people again to step into january and do the ten thousand steps for the megan star foundation which is a, a great local charity uh, you're you're taking part in that yeah, so myself and Gina Jones from The Breakfast Show uh, with O.C. Davis, Roundabout Garage and Nayland, we've signed up to it. And I had Nicola, the founder of Megan Star Foundation, join me on the show last week to talk about Step Into January and uh, just learning about the mental health support that they can offer to, to young people and adults and their parents and carers to help understand and destigmatize mental health um, traumas and what can happen uh, to, to reduce the risk of, of suicide and just increasing awareness of overall mental health really struck a chord with, with me and Gina. So we've signed up to it. And there's a wonderful community of people that have signed up, um, Step Into January Facebook page. But I was scrolling through and seeing the, the other people there. And um, who should I find but Johnny Sutton, ultra marathon runner who's been on the show previously. And I was like, well, if I don't make my steps, I could just borrow some more. But I was going to say, Johnny, I reckon, probably would double it. He was mad when he joined. He was thinking, you know, 20,000 every day, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite ones. Oh, that, that's really good, Tom. Um, keep up the good work with that, and, and we'll, we'll follow your progress, I think, on a Monday. Um, a couple of things to finish off on, and one we'll probably return to in the, in the weeks ahead, but just on the, the 10,000 steps theme, um, Gordon Fraser, disappointing at the moment. There's no part runs happening. Um, that, that's yeah. a real shame, isn't it? And, and I hope they, they do make a return because I know even on Christmas Day, people were part running in Hubford West. So let, let's hope they, they make a return. Um, Fraser's got a little helper joining him on the screen as well, which she might, she might yeah. get a job full time at, at this rate. Um, we, we should just finish with the Ashes. Another test match coming up. Uh, Gordon, your whitewashed prediction, is, is that going to happen? Uh, I just didn't want to say I told you so, boys, but there you go. Um, England have had a tough... I didn't want that to happen, to be honest with you. I wanted them to do well out there. But we're just not up to the the, the, the Australians. Uh, we're just not nowhere near the mark, are we? Let's be honest. Uh, and it's going to take a, a long couple of years before we get back to anything near beating Australia. It's been a real disappointing series. Fraser, are you getting up early to watch it still, or is that past now? I might as well see it through to the end, Ben, and, and put myself through it. But no, if you're going to talk about regulation of the ashes, I say, yeah, too much COVID, get them home. Get yeah, it <laughs> it's heading in that direction, isn't it? No, no doubt about it. Uh, listen, that's absolutely flown by. Really enjoyed our first show of 2022 i think we've definitely got someone auditioning here to be a, a future presenter definitely. yeah I, I think in 10 years time this shows you know, we'll, we'll be long gone we'll have she's on too late for the alphabet county job application <laughs> <laughs> exactly i uh, enjoyed your company uh, gordon fraser tom thank you ever so much once again a, a very happy new year from us all here at pure west sport we're here every monday with pembrokeshire properties between seven and nine ronnie J on the way next on pure west radio 